0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I am Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome to today's online internet church service. I am so happy that you're here today. I have some things to share with you, some good things from the scripture today. And why don't you just grab your Bible. If you want, grab yourself something nice to drink. And let's have some church together today, as we are joining together from around America, and also from many different nations around the world, as we come together as a body of believers. And what a wonderful thing that we can do as we are a church family put together by the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now today, let's receive the Holy Tithes and Offerings. I would like to read A verse to you from Genesis chapter 22, and uh, share something that may seem to be a a little bit challenging, but I believe you're up to the task. Hallelujah. Let me share this. This is pretty neat. Uh, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 3, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham, and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, Whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Now, this is amazing because uh, it says that God tested Abraham. And this would be the test of giving up his Isaac. And uh, maybe you've heard that statement if you've been in the church for a while uh, that sometimes you'll you'll meet somebody and they said, well, you know, the Lord told me to surrender my Isaac to him. God told me to uh, give up my Isaac or put my Isaac on the altar. And that that's a statement based out of Genesis chapter 22 where God would ask us to give something to him that would have perhaps what we would call the greatest value in our lives and here we see that this in the life of Abraham would be his son and it's a test because God doesn't want us to worship anything or anybody or anyone except for himself and so this is a test that God brought forth to Abraham uh, as you know he's going to pass the test but I don't believe it was easy. I believe it was something that really stretched him because this would be the greatest love in his life outside of the Lord. But the Lord just wants to make sure that things are in the right order. Now, let's go down to verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So he is at a point where there's no turning back. He he already knows what he's going to do even before he gets there. He's fully committed to doing what God has asked him to do. Verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, "Abraham, Abraham." So he said, "Here I am." And He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. So here's something that I believe is a good question to ask. Uh, First of all, before I I present the question, um, let me just say, I think that the test really is a privilege. You can't make up moments when God asks you to do this. I believe there are promptings of the Holy Spirit where God would ask you to do this, but i can't I, I don't think you just walk into something like this. I think it has to be prompted by the Holy Spirit, and this is something that God initiated, which would be the, the uh, Abraham surrendering his Isaac now let's go back to the question the question is this because we're going to receive the tithes and offerings today into the storehouse of god if if you're not a tither in other words if if you're not obedient to the Lord in giving 10%, how could you ever give your Isaac? So stop and think about that just for a moment. If, if you cannot give 10%, which is only 10%, if you can't give 10%, how, how, could, how in the world could you ever possibly give an Isaac? Uh, you can't, and you wouldn't. And so, I I think these are things that we need to come to grips with. Abraham was a tither. We see it revealed in Scripture. Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek was a type, a shadow of Christ. Some theologians actually say that he was Christ, a a theophany. I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think he was a theophany. I think Melchizedek was a real person. That was his real name, and he was a high priest of God, just like it says he was. But nevertheless, we know that Abraham was a tither. Uh, Tithing prepares you to go into greater financial glory. Tithing prepares you to go into greater experiences with the Lord where you have possibilities to go into greater realms of impact, of greater realms of uh, just God releasing really heavier blessings upon your life. But how could you ever go into these types of realms? How could you ever go into these experiences where God would even allow you to experience the test if you're not a tither? (laughs) So stop and think about the, the deceptive nature of the enemy to, uh, and, and enemy lies to people all the time. Well, if you win the lottery, then you can tithe. And, you know, all these crazy lies, and it's stuff that's never going to happen. It's all a make-believe fantasy world. And it's never a place where the rubber meets the road, where you have the reality of life, where are you going to obey God right now with what you have right now? And so, uh, if you're not a tither, giving God 10% systematically of everything that comes into your life, then there's no way, there's no way you're ever going to be able to give up an Isaac. Uh, Because an Isaac, if if that's like your biggest everything, and the tithe is only 10%, and you can't tithe, well you'll never release an Isaac unto the Lord. Even if you think you will, you won't. You won't, because that's a great thing. Tithing is just an introductory level of demonstrating your faith to God, that He is lord over your life even in the area of your finances praise the lord you know i uh, just returning from california uh, spent some real quality time with apostle gary greenwald a great man of faith who really knows about miracles he's seen all kinds of miracles but you know we we talked about a lot of things together and really it comes down to also knowing the lord and uh, apostle gary was sharing that uh, and we talked about it at dinner because it 's still a funny story about the time that they needed to raise money for the new facility that they were wanting to get into and to be able to uh, prepare it appropriately and, and stuff like that, so th- they were they were going to have a, a fundraising event, and the Holy Spirit moved upon apostle gary 's heart, "I want your Isaac," and so uh, immediately. Uh, Apostle Gary knew what his Isaac was, and it was his Porsche. He had a beautiful Porsche. I can't remember what model it was, but it was. It to him was the thing that was the emblem of his success. He used to own a very successful sign company before he went into the ministry. So, back in those days, he was making a lot of money. And with that uh, good income, he bought himself this beautiful Porsche. But now he finds himself uh, in the ministry full time. He no longer has a, uh, a business, but he's still got that beautiful car. And that car was his Isaac. In some ways he even talked about maybe uh, he loved it too much, you know, al- almost like bowing down to it and cleaning the tires and, uh, you know, all that stuff where it just had really captured his heart. And the Holy Spirit said, I want, I want your Isaac. So he went before the church, uh, before the church, uh, and he said, you know, uh, he said, the Lord has told me to give my Isaac in this offering, and I'm going to give my Porsche. And he gave it. Uh, uh, you know, he didn't drive it up on the stage. It was a commitment to give it, and he did. But he gave it before the people made that commitment with tears. He was actually shaking uh, because that that vehicle meant so much to him. Uh, it really was his Isaac, and um, just like the father gave his son. It, you know, it's interesting with Abraham because it was a test. Uh, and and the angel of the Lord uh, stopped, stopped Abraham from bringing the knife down. But uh, God the Father let the sacrifice of His Son Jesus go all the way through. And that would be what you would call a burnt offering. Same thing uh, with Apostle Gary. That car uh, was something that you, you give it, and there's no getting it back. This is something that you, you release it, and it's it's gone. It's a seed sown into the ground. Well, he did that with uh, great sacrifice. And when he did that, the Holy Spirit touched the people there in the service that day. And the, in that one offering, over $700,000 came in, which was unheard of. He had never seen anything like that before. Uh, he also admits that later he faced a different test. Just a few days after that, he received a phone call at the church office and. It was from uh, somebody that was in the service, a lady. And she said, You know what? She said, I was so impacted by Apostle Gary's sacrifice of giving his car that she said, I want to give the amount of money that the car was worth, let him take his car back and I'll just give that amount in cash into the offering so he could have his car back. She, she said, it really, uh, you know, hit me heavy to see him up there, you know, weeping and crying, and uh, uh, I want him to have his car back. So she was willing to give a cash equivalent uh, uh, so that he could get his car back. And, uh, and Apostle Gary, very wise, said, absolutely not. I, I, he said, that was a devoted thing. And in the Scripture, when something is devoted, you give it, it's it's gone. Uh, usually, also in the Old Testament, uh, it would be something that would be burned in the fire, and you couldn't get it back. So he said, "No, I I can't get that back. that That was a devoted item that I gave, and so it's it's the Lord's. Um, all the proceeds go towards the project. Praise God. And that was also a temptation. Uh, so you have to be very very careful with things like that because um, those things are very sacred and holy to the Lord. I was in Israel one time. With another minister. Uh, This other minister had uh, brought along with him some of his, uh, this was a very large tour, but he had brought along with him some of his uh, television crew. And, you know, they're the camera operators. But he could only bring a few, uh, well, I'm not sure how many, he didn't bring a few, he brought a lot. But even with the group that he brought, you know, it's very privileged to be able to uh, come because he's, you know, paying for you to come and work and covering your airfare for his employees to come. But there was one man who was a camera operator that worked for him that wanted to come so desperately to Israel that he volunteered to come and work for free. And he sold, I, I can't remember what the, uh, the exact testimony was, but he sold almost all of his possessions <laughs> and gave it, uh, just cleared everything out, drained all accounts, and um, so that he could come. Uh, to Israel, to the Holy, Tan, uh, Holy Land, which was a lifelong dream. And so I was there uh, with uh, this other minister, and word had gotten out about what he had done, th- this other cameraman. And I was on the bus with some ladies. Uh, that, you know, that ladies have a soft heart. And uh, these ladies said, you know what, we need to take up an offering for Him, so that uh, we can cover uh, for everything that He gave away, and uh, cover for His expenses. And I, I knew the moment they were talking about, though, that's a no, no, don't do that. Uh, you'll mess up uh, everything that He's sown. And they they took their idea, and presented it to uh, you know his employer which was the minister that I was speaking for at this conference in Israel and he he said oh no he said do not do that for him he he explained to the ladies that what that man had done was unto the lord and if the, he was trying to explain to the ladies if you just go give him a bunch of money you'll you'll mess up the sacrifice that he he has done why it was a devoted thing it was a devoted thing you must let the lord bring it back his way you can't fabricate these things and uh Uh, You you have to let the Lord do it. So, another good example, praise God. Again, I'm talking about people that are tithers. You you could never give an Isaac if you're not a tither. Apostle Gary Greenwald, a great tither. Not just a tither, but one of the most generous givers in the, the body of Christ. So, when you're looking at the surrender of an Isaac, which is really uh, a privileged opportunity to step into greatness. and God gives you an example to or, or it's not an example, but God gives you an opportunity to sow an Isaac, which is something very sacred. Uh, yes, it's a test, but it's a privilege really to be even allowed to take that test. And of course, if you pass it, you absolutely are promoted to a new level. But you know stop and think about it again. How could you ever give an Isaac if you can't even give a tithe? it's just not it's not going to happen so this again we need to face the reality of the way god works his principles the way his kingdom operates on a very smooth efficient system jesus said my yoke is easy my burden is light he's asking for 10% and it's a commandment that carries from the old covenant through the cross into the new covenant And it's something that if you do, you will be blessed. So I just want to invite you, come on into the kingdom principles. Uh, The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, what is it? In a sense, it's God's way of doing things. Every kingdom has a king that's over the kingdom. And every kingdom has rules and ways of operating. It's different from nation to nation. It's different from continent to continent. But every government has their own form of functioning. Well, the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom that's above all, has the most effective, the most efficient. Uh, the best way of operating. And in God's kingdom, there is the tithe. And when God's people are tithing, it works well for them. And when God's people are tithing, uh, it, uh, it causes what we could maybe call the priesthood or the ministry to operate very smoothly. I also know that from a New Testament perspective, we now can step into something that could not happen in, under the Old Covenant. Uh, under the Old Covenant, you could be a king, but you could never be a priest. Under the Old Covenant, you could be a priest, but you would never you could never be a king they were they were different lineages that were separated uh and, and you you could not cross over but in the New Testament, we are kings and priests in Christ Jesus. I tell you what this new covenant really is an amazing thing so I I want you to come into this new covenant and experience all the blessings, but work, work God's way of doing things. Be a tither, be a tither, and you come into the financial stability that's anchored from Heaven itself in the Kingdom of Heaven. Glory to God. You'll have stability, and peace, and joy, and overflow in your finances. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I just thank you that you're speaking to hearts right now, because I know there's some, they're inconsistent tithers. Maybe they'll tithe once every now and then. They'll think, well, nothing's really happening. Father, we know it's because they're not, they're not consistent. They're not systematic in their tithing. Therefore, they're not tithers. So, Father, help them to come in into your system, which always works, which is very smooth, very fluent, and of course, very proven effective. Father, we thank You. Uh, For those, Father, that have never tithed before, but are now learning about Your Kingdom principles, let them come on in. Hallelujah. Uh, We thank You. They've learned about the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. But let them come on in also to the understanding of the principles of the Kingdom. Hallelujah. Which will get them up and running smoothly in their finances. So, Father, we thank You we thank you in the name of Jesus. And Father, for those that are established in tithing, we thank you that uh, perhaps, perhaps in the uh, not too distant future, there could be an opportunity to give an Isaac. Those are things only generated by your Holy Spirit, and revealed by your Holy Spirit. But we do thank you for those special moments as well. So Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. We all shout and say, Amen and amen. Now, those of you that are honoring the Lord with your tithes and offerings, and you would like to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, PO Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, our zip code 28654. Again, PO Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Five four two eight six five four. Hallelujah. I want to make sure I get that zip code right. Sometimes I've got all kinds of different numbers going through my head. Zip code 28654. Thank you for being patient with me today. Praise God. Now, if you would like to bring your tithes and offerings in online, which is very safe, very secure, we have an encrypted website, and that links right into our um, online giving, which is highly encrypted. You can do that at the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on on the homepage called, Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. And you can go there now, anytime, day or night, and bring them into the storehouse of God. Father, bless your people. Bless your people. Father, we just thank you that we open our hearts to continual teaching by your Word, by the Holy Spirit, and of course to the ministry office of the teacher. So we thank you, Father, that you teach us how to tap into your very best that you have for our lives. We give you praise. We thank you that we can honor you, and give to you what rightfully belongs to you first. And we thank you, Father, that you take really, really good care of us. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Say, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Let that be your confession today. Let's, let's turn to this is, this is easy. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 21. We received the tithes and offerings from Genesis 22. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 21. I want to talk today. I felt led of the Holy Spirit to talk about the necessity for you to cross the finish line. I'm not talking about the finish line. As in you know when you take your last breath, uh, you lived your life out and then you die and you go to be with the Lord. well that that certainly would be a finish line. Uh, your race at that point on the earth would be complete that that it is not the context though I'm referring to. I'm talking about crossing the finish line on assignments that God has given you on a task that God has directed you to put your hands on, and you have to stay on that covenant promise. You have to stay on that thing until you cross the finish line. Because as you know in church, uh, it can be easy to get distracted. And perhaps you, like myself, you've seen people that bounce from this thing to that thing, to this thing to that thing, And they are trying to do so much that they actually accomplish very, very little. So you need to be focused, and you need to really stay in the race that you're in right now on the task that God has got you right now. And you're going to get it done. You're going to cross that finish line. But I want to encourage you before you try to join all kinds of other races, or get involved in all kinds of other stuff, complete, complete what God has called you to do in this season, and at this time in your life. Genesis chapter 21, Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, open the Scriptures. Let the eyes of our understanding be illuminated by your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing into our understanding right now, in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Genesis 21, verse 1, And the Lord visited Sarah, and As he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. Now, this is very important. Your faith has to be based on something that God said or something that God revealed to you in his word. And a lot of people, they're trying to reach and grab for things that maybe are out of bounds or not even in that season of their life. And it can end up where there's frustration and even disillusionment because they don't have a clear word from God to go for it. And it's better to move more slowly and cautiously not not fearfully but to move cautiously and be a little extra slow and make sure you've heard from God before setting out on an assignment or putting your hand to a task than it is to just rush into something And then you get into it a little bit. Then you're starting to think, you know, did I actually hear from God or not? And you've got a lot of people that do that in the church. They they rush into things and launch into this and uh, proclaim that they're going to do this thing, and uh, they get down the road a ways, and uh, it seems like uh, nothing is really happening. Uh, And that's not a good place to be. You want to clear up any doubt before you ever start. Praise God. And this is why Sarah was able to bring that promise th- that that ship of promise eventually into the harbor of manifestation. Why? She heard from God. She heard from Lord. As a matter of fact, you probably remember the story. She heard it in her own ear as her husband Abraham was talking to the Lord in the tent. And she's on the other side and she's listening. And she actually, you know. <laughs> Uh, initially, thought it was a pretty wild idea that she was going to have a child, and it just seemed uh, maybe even uh, crazy. And and she laughed, and and later uh, Abraham confronted her and said, "You laughed when he gave that promise." "Oh, oh, no, I didn't." "Yes, you did." He heard it. And uh, he he told me that you laughed, and she's like, "Well, yeah, I I did laugh. I, I I have to admit that's kind of beyond me right now. But you know, there came a point where she realized, you know, God said that, and if God said it, He has the power and the ability to fulfill it. So, what I'm trying to get across to you is something very basic, but yet very important. Your your faith will not work beyond what God has spoken to you or what God has revealed to you. As being his will, and that's very, very important. So settle that before you start the journey, lest you get into the journey uh, and you never really got uh, information from headquarters before you hit it out. Maybe you are right. Maybe you did pick up on the leading of the Holy Spirit, uh, and you 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 caught enough to get you going in the right direction, or maybe maybe uh, it was just uh, selfish ambition. Which is not good. Maybe you just wanted to prove to somebody something. Well, all of that will evaporate under the trials and the difficulties that are associated with doing any uh, any type of an assignment. So, you want to know that you've heard from God. And the Lord visited Sarah as He had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as He had spoken. So, any major thing that you grab a hold of, make sure that you have the Word of the Lord on that. Uh, that would, of course, Entail waiting on the Lord, praying to get the direction of the Lord, spending time in the Word of God, uh, and just you know really wanting to know for sure. And there could also just come a knowing that you know on the inside, where the Holy Spirit just gives you such an overwhelming, peaceful sensation that that it's solid. You feel it's solid. This is it, and you can go. So, that's very very important. Now, verse two: For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son. In his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Well, here it is. There's a set time. Uh, it was off in the future a little ways. And you'll realize that the promises of God, they are manifested through faith and patience. You're going to have to have both. Here's, here's what's amazing. Even with a word from God, how about this? Even with a personal visitation from the Lord, that perhaps you have a vision and you see Jesus and Jesus tells you something, you know what? You're still going to have to use your faith. The promises of God, what God said, whether it's Jesus speaking it to you in a vision, which would, of course, would be a very dramatic experience, uh, or God speaking something to you, revealing something to you from his word, either way, however it comes, however the word is received, maybe an angel comes, maybe a a, a very heavyweight prophet gives you a dramatic word, and you know it 's God, and it excites your spirit, either way, the way that you're going to manifest what was said or spoken or revealed to you is through Faith, which means you believe it, you take a hold of it, and patience. Understanding that this is not a 100 meter dash, this is a marathon experience. I'm not saying it's going to take 26 years, but I'm saying it could take a year, it could take, it could take three months, it, it could take three weeks. But sometimes on, on something that's a more of a larger thing that God has assigned you to, you just have to really lock in. Praise the Lord and stay focused on it. Really, if you can on a daily basis, that would really help you because if it's something that's larger, uh, something like what Sarah is facing, believing God for a baby when you're barren and also now you're in your really old age. Well, th- this is something that you really need to build your faith up on a daily basis. Go back to what God said. What did God say? Cuz that word will bring faith into your spirit and that word has energy. It actually has supernatural power. And you just get that word back into your spirit again. You meditate on it. Spend some time with the prayer uh, uh, in the Lord with prayer and discuss that word and before you know it, it's like your battery got recharged. And, you know, I've got a pretty modern cell phone, but even as modern as it is with the great battery it has, it still, eventually it's going to run down. So I've got to plug that cell phone in, get my cell phone uh, uh, charged back up fully, get it a full charge, uh, give it time, don't rush it, give it time to stay plugged in, get that full charge, and now I'm good to go for, you know, another day and a half or something like that. But it's very, very important that you keep your faith up, and that you're patient. Don't try to rush it don't try to force it. There's a set time. And when there's a set time, the angels behind the scenes are choreographing everything where it's going to all come together at the right time, right place, and the right way. And it'll it'll dovetail, and it'll fit really, really good. And there'll be a lot of joy in it. Uh, If you try to rush it, if you try to get into it prematurely, you'll know something's not right about it. It won't have the joy Uh, there will be uh, unpleasantries associated with it. And if you get it that way, it can leave, it could actually leave a bad taste in your mouth. Why? Wrong timing, wrong way, God's not in it. So let, let, let the Lord do His part. Let the angels do their part. You stay on faith. You do the good works that would be associated with moving it forward. But you know, just don't rush it. Just don't rush it. Keep working it. Keep working it. Keep working. It. It's not a one hundred meter sprint. It's a marathon. Keep working it, and eventually you're going to cross the finish line. Praise God. Verse three, and Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Now he was instructed also to give the child this name. And Isaac means laughter. I think there's something special about that. That. When the child is born, okay, so now you you brought it forth. You actually crossed the finish line. Now, now it's really a time for rejoicing. Now you really can laugh. I think there's something very, very special about that. Verse five. Now Abraham was one hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Verse six. And Sarah said, "God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me." So here's the thing: when you cross the finish line and you bring in the manifestation that that thing that God tasked you to that thing God assigned you to that thing that was your faith assignment when you cross the finish line with it you really do get a release of joy it's uh it's amazing watch for it it'll come by the spirit there will be a release of laughter a release of joy and that comes when the timing's right. When you're in that set time, you've done it the right way, you've had faith, you've had patience, you've, you've, you've done the works that were associated with it, and now you've crossed the finish line, there's your Isaac. What does it mean? It's time for laughter. And the Holy Spirit will bring that laughter forth. And I believe just as Spirit-filled laughter can be contagious, I believe that faith is contagious. What is going on here? What is going on is that we finally have what I would call a complete testimony. I have to be honest, I've had, I've had people share their, uh, not everybody, some, some do have the complete testimonies. But I've had other people that they don't know what this is, and they, they've never crossed the finish line, but yet they want to share their testimony. Some, sometimes they've wanted to take me out to lunch, and Pastor Stephen, I want to share my testimony with you. Do you have a, do you have a, like a, can I, can you have lunch with me, and I want to tell you my testimony. I think, okay, I'm thinking, okay, this would be good. It's always good to hear a good testimony of something amazing that God did. But when they're telling their testimony, I'm kind of waiting for the the breakthrough moment, the Isaac was finally born moment, and you know what? They finished their testimony, and really all it is, is it's kind of like a journey of their life experience, but they've never they've never done anything. Uh, it, it's kind of like you're waiting for the, the, the fireworks, and there's no fireworks, and they, they're not getting it. Uh, this is not a testimony. This is actually an incomplete story. And there's no finish line moment. So that's really, I don't even, I don't even categorize that as a testimony. Don't try to me, uh, uh, mean to a person that would would share something like that. I just smile. And you know, if they're paying for the lunch, I'll enjoy the meal. Hallelujah. But that's that's not something that lifts anybody. And th- that's the thing. A true testimony will lift people, will inspire people. It's contagious. It just like Isaac being born when when Sarah told it, it made people laugh. They start laughing with her. Why? They're happy for her, and something something gets on them also. And they start thinking, now, wait a minute, this, this, was, this is a miracle. If God did it for her, God did it for me. And now you've got a bona fide, real, what I would call genuine miracle testimony, and that helps people. Praise God. And because it's contagious. It's contagious. You've got your Isaac. You've, you've got your miracle. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, God wants you with your assignment with the thing that He's promised you, I know, I, I know you have responsibilities in life. Maybe you've got to raise the children, maybe you got to get them to the school in the morning. Um, maybe you got to, ladies. You got to do the laundry. Maybe, ladies, some of you run a business. Uh, men, uh, you're b- busy doing things. That, uh, you know all the things you've got to do in life. But still, in the midst of that, you have a, you have something that God said. Hey, I'll do this for you. Just believe me. Uh, I, this thing I, that you're desiring for, I'm going to do it. So stay in faith, stay patient. You know, keep doing the the, the works that would associate with your faith to keep moving it forward. Eventually, we're going to get there. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that you've got to stay on that. Don't be distracted. You've got to stay on that until you bring that all the way in, into the finish line. Don't be lazy with it. Don't be sloppy with it. Don't try to rush it either. But keep working that. Keep working that thing, uh, because there's an enemy out there that that a lot a lot of Christians they succumb to. This is not going to be your portion. But I've seen it really just chained themselves to quite a few Christians. And you know what this enemy is called? This enemy is called average while... And the enemy, the enemy wants you to never step into the great destiny that God has for you. He wants you to live your life out. Uh, you know, if, if you're saved and born again, hey, he's got to let you go. You're 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 saved. You're washed with the blood of Jesus. You're going to heaven. He knows that, but he wants you in that condition, in your saved condition, just to live your life out in a place called average, where you where you just live and die. As an average person, and the great destiny, even the things that the Holy Spirit would unveil to you, you never step into them. The 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 great promises that God would even give to you, even powerfully through prophecy, uh, uh, through a prophetic utterance, uh, through the Holy Spirit revealing something to you, you catch a glimpse of it, you see it, or or maybe even a visitation, a, a great encounter, it just never happens. Why? You just you just settle with being average. So, you know, that's something that is a great enemy. Uh, it's, It's the enemy that's called average. So, watch out for that. Stay on this assignment that God has given you. You must move forward with it. This is something that God has given to you as a treasure. You must bring forth your Isaac, Isaac, your Isaac is going to be a blessing to you. It's going to make you very, very uh, happy. And your Isaac is going to make a lot of other people happy. Your Isaac is going to make some people stop crying. It's going to pull them out of the doldrums, them out of depression, and say, I've had it with messing around. I'm going to live my life for Jesus like you're living my life for Jesus, because if God did that for you, I believe God can do it for me. Will you shout today and say, I'm going to cross the finish line. again, we're not talking about the finish line when you die and go to Heaven. We're talking about the finish line of manifesting that thing that God has told you that He would do for you. Praise God. God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. Glory, glory to God. Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Hang in there hang in there I know you're running I know you realize it's not a hundred meter dash it's not just one time around the track but you're running you're running the marathon you're going to cross it you have got to cross the finish line it's not uh, until you cross the finish line you have no testimony well uh, I've I've had some miracles along the way yes you have but you still haven't manifested it yet so it's not it's not full it's not fully there so in some ways you don't even need to tell it because there's no conclusion to it wait till you have the conclusion. Wait till you go across that finish line, and then you will receive amazing, refreshing from the Lord Himself. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, I had an experience with a good friend of mine. We were back in college, and we were on the, the, the track team. And we had, we had a really good track team, and were ranked very high, high in the nation. Some of the runners on our track team were Olympians. We had Olympians, uh, we had Olympian sprinters, we had uh, uh, Olympian guys in the field events, like uh, the, you know, the shot put and stuff like that. We, we, we had a lot of depth on this track team. So uh, it was a lot of fun to be on a winning team like that. Well, I remember it was, I think it was during the summer. Yes, it was during the summertime, where there was a big marathon in Dallas, Texas, and we had a friend of ours who was just winning all of these track meets. He would go, he would win the, he would win the 10K, and he would win the five, 5 kilometer, and he would also win the cross country events. Uh, he would just, he was winning every single race. And we thought, you know, he would probably be really good at a marathon. And there were two college professors. They taught political science, and they, they actually said, hey, we're going to be running in that marathon, so uh if uh you know if if you guys if you guys want to come down and run it with us, that would be a lot of fun. Well they're just running it like um recreationally they you know they're not even going to break 3 hours uh, you know but they they would run and train maybe 50 miles a week but you know there were no threat to you know cracking the top 100 or anything like that they then they knew that for them it was just more like a climb mount everest run a marathon you know type of achievement they liked doing marathons so they went they went to the marathon and we decided hey me and my friend decided hey let's get so and so let's take him to the marathon and just Put him into the race, get him registered, and just let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. So, we did that. He came down there with us. His name was Mike, uh, this marathoner, uh, the, this you know collegiate track star, and he was from South Africa, and so nobody really knew who he was when he showed up. There's probably about three thousand people in the race. And uh, there, were, there was an international field. You had a lot of really good runners, distance runners coming in from various countries because there's prize money. There's prize money. And this was kind of funny also because we never stopped to think, what would happen if he won? Is, it, is this going to violate NCAA rules and regulations? Uh, we thought, well, I guess it doesn't really matter because it's probably not going to win, uh, so it doesn't even matter. Well, long story short, he ended up winning. And it was quite an event. I remember, um, you know, the race starts; three thousand people take off, and uh, you know, you go you go through the first ten kilometers, six point two miles. Uh, the crowd's beginning to thin out, but there's maybe maybe like fifty people up towards the front, still all running, going through the ten uh, k in like thirty minutes uh, flat. You know, good a good fast pace, low fi- five minute mile pace, and. Uh, he's, still, he's still running, and he's looking really comfortable. And so what's going on is me and my, my friend, we rode our bicycles uh, along to kind of like, you know, uh, along the race course, you know, because all the streets were blocked off by the police And uh, if it was some area where the street was completely blocked off, we could zigzag through the neighborhoods and subdivisions and pop out uh, at another area where there was a long stretch and, you know, kind of just get back on that race route and follow along with the runners over riding bikes along the side. Well, you know, you get to 13 miles, 13.1 miles, and he's he's still really doing good. And now there's the lead pack has gotten down to about 10 people, and he's looking. Uh, Mike uh, is looking really, really good. And this kept on going. You get 20 miles, and he's looking really good. He got about 22 miles, it dropped down to three guys, and he's still there. He's working. He's sweating. He's really working hard. He's uh, he's never raced a full marathon before, but he's looking really, really good. As this, at this point we thought he could possibly win it. And um, so, you know, we actually were there at the finish line when he crossed the finish line, and, the, and he won the whole thing. Of course, you know, there was the uh, situation of being NCAA athlete, and he got some prize money. I, I think he kept it. It wasn't that much really, but he got a big pendant, a big on a, on a necklace, like a. Uh, it was gold. And I remember later as we were back uh, hanging out in the room together, we were all thinking, I wonder if it's solid gold. He said, I think it is. I'm like, well, that, that's wonderful. Enjoy. So, um, you know, all ate a big spaghetti dinner, and he got uh, reloaded with carbohydrates. But the thing is, is that as well as he was doing and as surprising as he was doing, because when he won, every you know suddenly all the newspapers are like, "Wow, who is this guy? This guy's really good. This guy can totally go pro level." And uh, he went on to have a stellar career uh, as he finished up his um, his racing there at the university. Uh, and we had quite a few sponsored athletes. We had athletes on our track team fully sponsored by um, Nike. One of my friends was fully sponsored by Puma. He had so many Puma shoes and uh, uh, Puma Puma uh, uh, outfits that he was always giving me all these really cool shoes. It was a lot of fun, and so um, these guys were doing really really well. And uh, me and the other guys, some of the other guys on the team, we were like the mortals. These these other guys were like superhuman. We were just like the mortals, trying to struggle just to uh, kind of keep up with these other guys in practice and also at the events. So um, I was no threat to any world record. Uh, did uh, did okay, but uh, not like some of these guys that had that special touch from God. But you know what? No matter how well you're doing, until you cross that finish line, you can't celebrate fully. And my my friend, even as surprised as we were, is how well he was doing it, 10 miles, and at the halfway point, and getting far into it at 20 miles, and 22 miles, thinking he's probably going to win this thing. You know what, until he crossed the finish line, um, he can't get, he can't get the gold medal. He cannot get the testimony. So this is what I'm trying to tell you today. You have to push, and you have to stay on task, and push And keep using your faith, and stay patient, because some days are not going to be firework days. You're going to have to still stay in the game, stay on assignment, keep your hands on it, until you actually cross the finish line. And then when there's the finish line moment, and you have the victory, trust me, there will be the joy. There will be the tears of joy. And you can imagine the tears that Sarah was shedding. It happened. And she's pushed the baby out, as she's holding this miracle, this child that is an absolute miracle. Well, now you cross the finish line. Now you're happy. Hey, let's name him, let's name him Laughter. Hallelujah, because we're all laughing. And it's just, now you've got the testimony. And my friends, you know what? You, you would have to have the complete testimony. You, you, I want to say you're not allowed to leave this planet, okay, until you cross the finish line. I, I know in I know when you look across the church, the panorama of the church, you're going to have a lot of people that never crossed the finish line in in the sense where they saw the manifestation of that thing that they believed God to do. But you are, you are, you're going to get it done. And I believe that all of heaven is behind you, cheering you, and that God has connections on the earth to help you. And the, the people that you need, the resources that you need, and it's going to happen for you, but you're going to have to stay in faith. You have to be patient because this, this is a marathon, okay? You have to stay on this thing until you cross and break that tape, cross the finish line, and break the ribbon. Now you can relax. Now you can praise God. And now you can uh, receive and enjoy this great thing that God has done in your life. Praise God thank you, Lord Jesus. I, I am absolutely 100% convinced that in order to do it, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. I think today in the church, in America, I can't really speak for other nations. Um, I, I don't have my, I don't have the the reading of the thermometer of how the Holy Spirit's doing in other nations. I travel to other nations, but I'm mainly here. I think. In the the uh, the thermometer of the American Church um, it's the Holy Spirit is uh, not popular uh, there is a lot of there's a lot of uh, flesh there is a lot uh, in the church there's a lot of brilliance of human ingenuity and there's a lot of brass that's trying to substitute for gold gold is divinity and the brass, It's just like a gong, a a brass gong that makes a doesn't make a pleasant sound. Why it's not gold, and it may look like gold, but it's not gold. And so we have a lot of things in the church that are fabricated, that are manufactured. Why? Because because we're not relying on the Holy Spirit. And so people are relying on their own creativity, maybe their own charisma of their, of their own, you know, unique talents, or whatever that might be. They're relying on their natural connections, and who they know, and, you know, and and all this wranglings, and all of these dealings, and stuff like that. And uh, I am absolutely convinced that you can't do what God really wants you to do, which will bring Him great glory, and will um, be something that is a great testimony for your life. You're never going to get it without the Holy Spirit. You are going to absolutely need the Holy Spirit in order to cross the finish line. So you're going to need to work with Him. You're going to need to be taught by Him. You are going to need to heavily rely on Him because it's just I, I I'm convinced you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. He's too vital. He's key. He's this is what I'm trying to say. Let me boil it down to this. He's not optional. He is a necessity. He's not optional. He's vital. You're going to have to have His leadership, and His guidance, and His wisdom. Because the promise that God gave you, just like the promise that God gave to Abraham and Sarah, is beyond your natural ability. Okay? This thing is in the miracle realm. So, if you want to go there, trust me, you cannot get there without the Holy Spirit's help. So, lean on Him, and embrace Him, and trust Him. He knows more than you and I will ever know. And he is so smart. He is so brilliant. He knows everything. He's God. He's the third person of the of the uh, of the deity, of of the de- uh, of the of the Godhead, of the Trinity. Praise God, Abba Father, Son Jesus, and Holy Spirit. Thank you, O God, Heavenly Father. I pray for those that are watching today that they be inspired to keep on running. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and get behind them, and help them to quicken up the pace without being more laborious. I know in the natural, Father, if we try to run faster, it could be more difficult because we're used to a set pace. But I'm actually asking that you would help your people to pick the pace up, to run faster, and, uh, and to even do it without as much energy, that it would be a real work, a real, a real lifting of your Holy Spirit, Thank you, O God. Take them all the way across the finish line where they have a bona fide, genuine, valid miracle testimony of something that you have done in their life that brings you glory, that brings them laughter, and it's so genuine, and it's so of you that it makes others laugh when they hear about it. And it inspires the faith of others when they hear about it. Now, we thank you, Father. No more dead-end testimonies, which are not even true testimonies, but no more dead-end stories of life experiences that end it with no note of victory. We thank you, Father. We refuse to settle for that. Thank you, Father God. We thank you. I thank you, Father God, for a basket. I see um, uh, the, uh, like around Thanksgiving what's called the cornucopia. It's it's like a horn of plenty with uh, it's it's this thing that's stuffed full of all kinds of of bounteous provision of, of overflowing fruits and the best of the land. I see a cornucopia of miracle testimonies, of real, genuine miracle testimonies of all of your debts paid off, of your house paid off, of your student loans paid off, of all of your credit cards paid off. I'm talking because you're using your faith, and you're exercising patience, and you're walking in the wisdom of God. I see real miracles, not, not, not just the natural mechanics of something slowly getting paid down for a hundred years. But no, I'm seeing an invasion of God's Spirit helping you to step into real miracles where it's just gone, it's all paid off overnight. It's gone, just like the Egyptians washing up on the shore uh, after the Israelites have crossed over and all the Egyptians are dead. It's over with. Uh, it's it's all over with. You're out of Egypt finally. I see all of your debts getting paid off. I see real valid, genuine miracle testimonies. I see you stepping into the promised land. I see you possessing great things. I see you becoming the man, the woman that God's called you to be. Hallelujah. Please do not settle for normal. You're getting robbed and ripped off if if you do. And, And God's got so much for you. Go for it. Go for it. But keep on task. Stay on your assignment. Don't let the enemy pull you off of it. It's going to be an amazing thing. You're going to have your Isaac. Father, I pray for your people. Bless them with perseverance. Bless them. With faith and patience, and rejoicing in Jesus' name, Amen, and Amen. Praise God. Let's take communion today, because God's going to do it, just like uh, Abraham and Sarah. They, you know that chapter starts off by saying God did what He said. What God said, the word He said, it came to pass, and it's going to happen for you too. Hallelujah! It's going to happen for you too. Now say Amen hallelujah. So let's celebrate the Lord's faithfulness because He's going to do it, and already it's unfolding as you continue to move forward. I see some of you picking the pace up so much, you're even going to begin to get up on the balls of your foot. As they say, running on your toes, you're going to, you're not even striking your heel. You're, you're up on the, towards the front of your foot. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you ever notice that? Some of the world's leading marathon runners their heel never strikes the ground. Now, you know that for sprinters. They're up on the ball of their foot the entire time, because you don't have time to go through that whole rolling motion when you're sprinting. But the world's best marathon is, their heel also will not touch the ground. It's halfway forward of their foot and, and forward. They, they never have a heel strike. Very interesting biomechanics of running. That's a different subject. There's a lot of science behind success in sports as well as sports sciences begin to decode, why are some runners better? Why are they more efficient? Why are they saving more energy while they run? There's a science behind all of that. Some of that you can teach, some of you can't. It's just the way God has created certain ones to have that little special touch. Praise God. But I see you in the Spirit, on the assignment that God has given you, getting up on your toes, you're going to start to run a lot faster. Say amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this juice and bread. We pray over it. We bless it and consecrate it. It is now the flesh and blood of our precious Savior, Jesus. Thank you, Father. All of your promises are yes and amen. We receive them by faith. Your healing is coming. Hang in there. It's coming. We know it was accomplished at Calvary, but your faith is tying into the promises of God. Your faith is getting stronger and stronger, and you'll hit that finish line moment, boom, with that miracle manifest, and you'll know it. Praise God. Stay faithful. Stay in the race. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it now with great thanksgiving. We receive your promises, not doubting anything you've said, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let us agree together and say, Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. I think your enemy called average would be an Ishmael. Abraham struggled with that, so I, you know, we can identify with that. Abraham basically said, God, you know, I've I've got a son, you know, through through Hagar, you know, the, the the servant girl. So, you know, Lord, let's, let's just work with him. You know what God said? He said, No. Uh, you know, and that's it. You can't argue with God. He God just said no. He said, Your seed will be through the promised child, Isaac. I've chosen to work through Isaac, and I'm not working through uh, any other option. So, no, you're not, you're not going to get off the hook with just having a normal life. No, because the, he said, and God's so nice, He said, look, He said, I know you, I know you love Ishmael. I know he's actually your son. So, look, I'm going to bless him. He will become a great nation, and he will beget 12 princes. But despite all of that, which is nice, the promise, I'm only making a covenant with, a promise with uh, Isaac, who's going to be coming on the scene eventually. That's the only covenant I'm making with you through a son, and that's going to be through him only. Praise God! Praise God! Ishmael never had a spiritual bone in his body. The promise was through Isaac, the spiritual one. Praise the Lord! What the understanding of the promises, the understanding of God, the the respect and reverence for the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, that we refuse to settle with some kind of um, low level of living when you have provided so much for us through the redemptive act of Christ at Calvary. We thank you, Father God, in the power of the Holy Spirit that you've given unto us. Father, we can have so much more and we access it by faith and patience. We thank you. We give you praise. We receive together the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. We thank You, Father God, that the veil of the temple has been torn. There is no more veil anymore. We have full access to You through the shed blood of Christ. And we take advantage of that, Father. We come into Your presence, and we receive refreshing and blessing. Hallelujah. We give You praise. Thank You, Father God. You give strength. We ask that You would release grace right now, that we would stay consistent until we cross the finish line. We thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit always rewards with much joy and laughter along with that manifestation of that promise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's drink the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, get back on task. Don't neglect the promise and the high calling that God has given you. Don't get so busy that you drop the main thing while you're tinkering around over here with minor things. No, stay on the major thing. Give that the priority. And then when that's, that's all in its proper place and moving forward properly, then take care of these other little things. We thank you, God. We thank you, Father. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, you be richly blessed. Bye-bye.